Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. So far, I see Richard. We have more people showing up, but um, I don't see them right at the moment. So I have the beautiful, lovely Paige here who does past life readings, and she is amazing. She is really amazing. She does a great job. So let me say hello. Terry is here, Super Space Cookie Sarah. Hello. So this is how this is going to work. We're actually going to ask you guys to send Paige a Venmo love donation for a reading. And, um, or you could do a super chat, but I'd rather it go to Paige because I'm going to let her do all the readings tonight. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Paige. Paige Ozma Ashmore was born in the South and spent her formative years living in Germany. So you were in Germany? Yes, in the early 60s I was. Wow, how was that? It was incredible. Um, the castles are huge. You can't even imagine how gigantic they are. I mean, they have thousands and thousands of rooms inside these castles. And my dad was in the military, so that's why we're, we were there. And right after Germany, we went to California. And I really missed the castles. And my parents said, well, we're going to take you to Disneyland. There's a castle there, meaning Sleeping Beauty's Castle. So we go to Disneyland. We walk up to Sleeping Beauty's Castle. I turn around and face my parents. My back is to the castle. And I said, where's the castle? You said there was a castle here. And they said, well, that's it. And I said, that? That that's a hovel compared to what we saw. And then I started bursting into tears and everybody around me was just like, what is she talking about? But really, when you've seen the real thing, that's nothing compared to what it was. <laughs> and I've been absolutely dying to go see a castle because yeah. I remember a past. I remember a castle. So it's just crazy. I've been dying and I'm a McGuire, but I'm a Scottish McGuire. So I have some Scottish in there. Oh, so cool. I've, I've been, yeah, I've been dying to do that. So that explains all that fantasy that comes out of you, mm -hmm. all the magic and all your pictures. Mm -hmm. Really beautiful. So, yeah, so you lived there and um, got into all the fairy tales and the folklore and all that stuff. So that's just so amazing. And so you do acrylic paintings and also pastel. Mm -hmm. Rock pastel. Yes. And so, yeah, if you, I encourage you guys to look at her webpage because she has some beautiful art on there. She really does. So I'm going to show you a picture she did for me. And so she does you a beautiful piece of art and then um, she writes you a little report and she sends that to you. So this is the one that she made for me. I'm going to step back. So it's really beautiful. Oh, which way do I go? This is such a beautiful picture. It's infused with magic. It has lots of energy. And actually, I'm looking for a frame to put it in. 
So oh. the beautiful bird, can you tell a little bit about this picture? Okay, so what was channeled with this picture was your connection with bird goddesses and bird energy, and that's a raven or a crow, depending on, on how you look at it. It's kind of merging into your hair, which is um, symbolic of eternity in there. But when I do these portraits, um, what comes through are usually three different past lives. And so I tell you about each of one of those. And then the picture will have elements kind of of all of the past lives. And you have a connection with star nations because I remember there were planets oh, yeah. and stars around the cauldron. Yes. So pure magic. I just love this picture so much. So it's going to go on my wall back here. With the, so also another thing that Paige told me, which was uh, super amazing, if I could get out of my own way here, golly gee, this picture I have back here, I'm going to take off the wall. Well, I don't think I can, but that's the geisha girl. Uh-huh. Well, anyway. I think I don't want her to fall. Okay, the nail just came out. So this is the geisha girl I was telling you about. Uh-huh. Well, Paige told me about a past life as a, um, what do you call that with the you, sword? You danced with a fan. I remember seeing you dance with a fan. Mm-hmm. So you brought that up, and then you also brought up the goddess, which is crazy. So I have this. I'm going to take everything off the wall. <laughs> I forgot I wanted to take these off the wall. So you were talking about the goddess. So I have this picture here, which was done by an artist. It's a, a reprint, but she added some tattoos and she added that hair on there. Mm -hmm. So see how she is? So you were talking about one of those things as my past lives. So mm -hmm. I think that's just totally amazing. Except this one has tattoos on her because, you know, I like that kind of stuff. But I, I just think that that's so amazing all the stuff that you came out and said. And then you even told us about different crystals that mm -hmm. would work best with us. And I just think that was just totally amazing. You, you gave us a little extra. It was great. Oh, cool. So, I'm glad you yes. liked it. So I really had a great time. So I'm going to go up here and read some comments. So we put um, Paige's Venmo. So if you have sent a Venmo to Paige, because I would prefer you send the donations to her, because she's going to be doing all the readings tonight, if you'd like one. Um, and then in the end, if there's any time left, we'll get to the ones, you know. I realize some people can't make donations, and we love all of you anyway. And that's so, fine, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to... Um, Ask you to put if you made a donation. So far, I have Tammy and Ruth Saltman, Tamara. And um, so if you put one, just tell me. I'm going to go down here. So I see Terry. So I'll put Terry on the list. Terry Mermando. Okay, Anna, thank you. Just donated. So she donated through PayPal. So we have Anna after that. Jessica sent a Venmo love donation. So we have Jessica. Wow, we have a lot of people. Mormando. So, oh, Sarah. Oh, did I forget about Sarah? So we have to. So let me go back up. So we have Sarah Super Space Cookie. That's a, fun handle. Huh? That's a fun handle. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
So everybody is just saying hello. I, I want you all to know that I love and appreciate you so much. And um, Tamara Ross says, I got a beautiful picture from Paige. You, sh you sure did. And so we have Laura Romero on. She says, that's beautiful. So let me go back. So Sarah sent a Venmo. I don't see that on here. Am I missing something? We'll put Sarah on the list. Okay. And Graphia. Okay. So we'll start with Tam Tamara Roth. I know you already gave her one. Mm -hmm. um, gave us both a reading and her prices are very reasonable. So you can email her if you'd like to schedule a reading. Um, it's just full of magic. But anyway, I'll let you start with Tamara Roth. Do you have okay. anything to add to her? Okay. So Tamara, what I'm getting about you right now is a past life where you were involved with the opening of a Stargate. So let me explain that for a minute. Um, like if anybody's ever interested down the road, I have tons of experiences with people from other planets. Tons. In fact, um, just as a brief segue here, um, I used to read tarot cards at a gay bar in Phoenix. And I was sitting outside and about 20 feet away from me was the bouncer and people were leaving because that was the exit. It had an outdoor exit. And there were these two guys leaving. And the guy in front looked forward at the, at the uh, bouncer and he had dark eyes. And then when he looked back, his eyes totally changed to red. Like, and I'm not just talking like, oh, it looked like he had contacts. No, like red, like there was a flashlight shining out of his eyes. They were glowing. And they had this wow. gold thing around his irises. And I, and the first thing I thought is, oh, shit, you're not from this planet. You're totally visiting. And I'm, woo, you know, fascinating. And so I watched him leave. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. Well, two weeks later, I was at the Arizona Renaissance Festival reading tarot cards out of a booth. And this guy comes walking up to the booth. And I could tell by his gait that he was the same type of, of star nation being or alien, whatever you want to call it, as the guy that I'd seen at the bar. But they're two totally different people. They're totally different people. So he walks up and he stands in front of my, my table and he says, how much for a reading? And the owner of the shop charged $25 for a card reading. So I told him it's 25 bucks. And he said, well, I only have one question. And I said, well, it doesn't matter if it's one or a hundred. That's just the rate. I don't set the rates and da, da, da. And he's like, okay, I'm fine. And I said, all right, we'll have a seat. So he sits down and I start shuffling my cards and I said, okay, so what's your question? And he leans in really close and cocks his eye at me and he goes, I want you to tell me what color my eyes are. So total validation, it was the same group as the guy that I saw at the bar. So two weeks later, we get the same, you know, type of energy. So yeah, they're out there and they kind of travel among us and all of that. So, um, but yeah, I don't know why I was guided to share that. So maybe somebody here needs to hear it. But anyway, um, so here's the deal. What I've learned from people like that. So the, the suns that are inside of any solar system, because they have so much gravity and magnetism around them, if you approach a sun at the right angle, it actually opens up 
a stargate. And what that does is it opens up kind of like this wormhole effect. And you can actually use the gravitational pull of a sun to kind of travel to other solar systems. Because the ones, they're, they're, they've shared with me that there's three of them around our sun. And so they go to three different parts of the universe. So um, anyway, those are called stargates and they're accessed through stars. So what you run into with a lot of new age people is they'll talk about, well, I'm from Arcturus or I'm from Sirius or I'm from wherever, but Arcturus is a sun. There's no planets orbiting it. It's just a big star. It's a big star, but it is a stargate. So if you go through the stargates, like Arcturus has got tons of them. If you go through one of those stargates, you're going to find yourself on the other end, depending on which one you go through in a solar system that does have planets with intelligent life on it. So that's how the space travel thing is happening. Anyway, back to you. So Tamara, you had a past life as one of these beings who was on the other end of the gate that opens up through Sirius. And you helped to to kind of stabilize that gate is what it feels like to me so that other um, species could travel through it and go to different parts of the universe. So for you, it was really important for people to be able to connect with one another or to learn about different types of life that were on other planets that were on the other side of these gates. And so you helped to stabilize that. You developed the technology for it. You had the awareness for it. And this is a really old lifetime. Like I'm getting, this is like thousands of years old. So why it would be coming up today is maybe um, piquing your interest in becoming open-minded and aware of what other ways you could communicate with others. Um, also, I'm getting trade routes because that was really one of the reasons why they wanted the Stargates to be stabilized is to do the trade route thing and trade between different worlds. So you might be getting like um, either different sources of income coming to you or... Um, different connections that are going to prove fruitful for you in the future. So that's what I would share with about you. So that's amazing. You're talking about the stargates and stuff because Tiffany on her show on Sunday was talking about that stuff. Oh, and so cool. I was actually talking to Tamara about that. We were talking about how we can tell if people are from someplace else or like the reptilians mm -hmm. or we were talking all about that stuff just the other yesterday. Mm -hmm. and so that's last night, actually. So that's amazing that you bring that up. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> great. Also, the next one we have is Ruth Saltman. She's the next one. Okay. Is she the one that wanted to know about her past life as a witch? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So there's a couple that are coming up. Um. The first one I'm seeing is, that's fascinating. So there's a book called The Secret History of the World, and it's by a man named Mark Booth. And he started having conversations with people that were members of secret societies in London. And they started talking about the origin of the planet and how life began and kind of all of that stuff. And one thing that he found through these conversations is that if you look at the old myths or the old stories, you see all the time where people are walking around and then they run into a god, like a Greek god, like Zeus or Mercury. You know, they're out running around and, oh, hey, there it is. And you have this conversation, this whole story happens after that. And according to his book, he believes that that was actually possible back in ancient days. And the reason why is because of our pineal gland, which in art, like in really old medieval art, is symbolized by an acorn. And so your pineal gland is pretty much behind your third eye. 
And as long as I've been doing readings, I'll have a lot of people tell me, wow, when I was born, I was super psychic. I, I could see auras or I could see dead people. I could see this or that. But then I turned 11 or 12 or 13 and then it all changed. Well, what happens to the pineal gland at that age is it starts to harden and crystallize. And how you can keep it liquidy so it's super psychic is you just have to meditate on it being a lake. So you can imagine this acorn inside your head, like in the back of your head, and just imagine it being a lake. And that will help you keep your intuitive and psychic stuff going. But the point in the book is that so it's possible that you could have seen a God, like actually seen a God, because back then, the pine this was before the pineal gland started crystallizing. Back then, it was more liquidy. So if it was liquidy, you could see all this stuff. So long explanation for this. In a past life, you actually encountered the goddess Hecate. In the moment it was happening, you were not aware that that was her. You just figured you were talking to one of the older priestesses that you hadn't met yet, who did serve. Hecate or Hecate, however you want to pronounce it. And, but there was something about her. You felt this wave of power coming off of her. And she was telling you something and, and it was almost like you were listening, but you were kind of in a dream. Like, you know how when somebody's talking to you and then you start to daydream or your mind goes somewhere and you're kind of listening, but not. So it's, it's kind of like that. And it's not that you didn't want to pay attention. She was inducing that state is what I'm sharing. So she's getting you kind of in a dreamlike state. And she's telling you that there are going to be PowerPoints in the future where you're going to have to make a choice about something. And it could, it feels to me like the choice was around whether or not to pursue magic or to learn magic or to, to like really step into your power fully. She said the choice is always open to you. It's always open, but you're going to come to a point where you're going to choose. And so that's what she said. She is the goddess of the crossroads. She's also the goddess of witches. So that's really awesome that you have this past life, you know, hanging out with, with Hecate. And then in the future, what happened is I see you as like you, you were um, an older woman. I feel like you're living in Scotland and you knew all of this lore about um, the magic of fungi. So mushrooms, but other types of things. Um, it, it feels like um, you traveled to somewhere, someplace that was really marshy and you knew the mystery of the marsh. Like the marshlands are kind of like a liminal land because it's not land, it's not sea, it's kind of in the middle. So when you're in a liminal space, a lot of magic can happen. And what's interesting with that picture is you saw some of the most dangerous type of fey beings that live in marshes. And you actually had an interesting relationship with them because they seem to trust you. And so you could do magic that where you had to step into more dangerous places so like um there's one there's one type of a fae being in scotland and ireland where it's a horse and it wants you to ride it but if you jump on its back it takes you into the river and drowns you and eats you or something like that it's some kind of crazy seahorse um, that's one of the things you had a relationship with and it, it was it seemed like it was like you had a, a decent working relationship. It's like you, there was a firm boundary there, but you were able to exchange information with this being. Um, and it showed you all of these other things that, you know, you didn't, most people didn't learn about. So you had that as a lifetime as well. So those two are really standing up for me, for you. That's really amazing yeah. that you're coming up with all this. That's just wonderful. So that's, mm -hmm. that's great validation for her, whatever she's going through. She wanted to know. But we also have Terry Marmondo on the list next. 
okay. So a lifetime that I am seeing for you, it looks like it's in Italy. It feels exciting. It's an exciting time to be alive. The Renaissance is in full swing. And I see you on a stage and you're a performer. And it's like you can do dancing, but you can do other types of tricks. It's like you're you're one, you're thinking that you need to learn juggling, but you don't really need to do that. There are other things, there are other things that you do, but you're on stage and you're a performer. You've got these great costumes. I see like the, I think the, there's a carnival there that's in Venice that you went to that, but it's all about expressing your create, your creativity. And it feels to me like you were a man in that past life, a gay man. Um, and you just loved your life. You loved the theater. You loved the art. And you were really, really good. And that was the point of that lifetime was expressing yourself creatively without being persecuted for who you were as a person. And so this has kind of given you the ability to survive, like to creatively survive. And what I want to add to that is there was an, a guy I knew who told me that during the Great Depression, when everybody else was losing their money, his family thrived. They absolutely thrived. They were wealthy during that time. And they were Mexican migrant workers. And they were wealthy because they got their own farm and they started producing their own vegetables. And the guy said the Mormons came to them and said, hey, we want to do business with you and only with you. So all that whole church from everywhere, they all came to, to get the vegetables and the fruits from this one family and they really flourished. So despite the fact that they're in a minority, they're in a group that's totally prejudiced against, and it's the Great Depression, they were able to thrive. So the message with that is about thriving. Like no matter what it is that happens in your life, you do have the ability to grow incredibly from that. Um, it's almost like you could see the limitations in your life as a dare, you know, as a dare to, to see how you can thrive and how you can really blossom through that. So if something happens that, that you feel is a setback, don't get caught up in that. Just understand that that's a point where you could really shine and it's an opportunity. So that's pretty cool. And that lifetime, it looks so spectacular. I'm like watching you do your show on the theater. It's really cool. I mean, you used to perform before noblemen and the wealthy. And you saw, I mean, you met all of these famous artists. I mean, it's just really amazing all the richness that you were surrounded by that you got to experience. Um, and that's, that's all within amazing. your reach. Mm -hmm. That's all within wow. your reach. That is so amazing. That is so, she's really going to appreciate that. I, I know Terry, and that's just really great for what she's, you know, going through and stuff like that. So, wow. I'm getting chills just listening to you talk. So next on the list, we have Anna D. Okay. I don't know her last name. It's Anna D. Uh, oh, that's fine. Okay. Um, so for, for you, Anna, what I'm getting is a past life as a Native American. You were a woman. And I see you communicating with birds, like um, you had a con connection to any kind of bluebird too, like bluebirds. Um, blue jays, um, stellar jays, but birds. You could follow the birds. And this is really cool because you could understand what they were saying. And they told you things like where game was or where the best fruit was, or they would, you would overhear them sometimes like eavesdropping. Oh my gosh, we just found these berries. And you had to book it to make sure you got there because 
birds will decimate bushes full of berries. <laughs> but they could, they talked to you and they gave you healing songs and you had all these different songs. And that's so cool to see. Um, I love that because that's actually something that I do a little bit of myself, but it's so cool. Anyway, so here's the thing. So they taught you their songs. So if there's ever anything that you're wanting to create in your life or you're wanting to move forward in your life, make up a song about it. Like just, and don't care if anybody's listening, just sing a little ditty. Um, conversely, if there are songs that you're really drawn to that you really like, oh my God, this is my song. Just play, practice with singing that song with whatever is going on in your life and see how that changes it. Because this is a piece of magic for you that you could use right now. Because I'm seeing this as a really strong ability that you had. And you could just, and you didn't really want to be a shaman because that was a path that was open to you. But you didn't really want to do all of that because when you're the shaman of the tribe, you're kind of, and I'm not saying you've never been a shaman, but when you're a shaman, it's a pretty big sacrifice. And most people don't understand that. When you're the shaman, you're in the group, but you're not in the group. And you, you're kind of apart from the tribe. So you're not really included in everything, but you are. It's kind of a weird, a weird position, but it can be, it can feel a little lonely. And you didn't want any of that. You really wanted to connect with people. And you knew you would lose that if you stepped into the foot of being a shaman, a full-on shaman. So you just did your bird magic with your with the songs they taught you and the guidance that they gave you. And you were a great, great benefit to your tribe just doing that. So that's the other piece to this is it's okay for you to say no to some things that you don't want to do. Even if the offer looks really great, maybe it's just not for you. And you, it is okay for you to say no to that because you're still going to create something amazing here. Wow, such beautiful messages. It's just lighting me up over here. I get the chills. So in case you missed the beginning of the show, this is the piece of art that Paige made for me. And so if you schedule to have a reading with her, she'll do you a piece of art infused with all this lovely energy that she has. It's full of magic. So, I, I mean, I really feel a lot of stuff coming off of this. So you can schedule that with her, or you could Venmo her a, um, a donation for tonight's show. So next we have Jessica Mermondo. Hi, Jessica. Okay, um, wow. So what immediately just popped up um, was a past life that you had in Atlantis. And in Atlantis is really where they perfected the art of using energy work or magic, if you will, around crystals. So there's lots of different things they did with the crystals. They could sing into the crystals. They The crystals have a tone that they had um, the machine ability to, to hear the music that the crystals were doing. Um, what I'm seeing you do is like you're arranging crystals almost like a pattern, like a grid. So I don't know if you've ever thought about doing um, a crystal grid before for manifesting. Um, so I'm going to tell you how to work with crystals here because um, this I learned from the Hopi. Um, and it can help, I think with all of you here, actually that are listening to this, it can help with all of you. So when you have a stone, like let's imagine you've got a piece of turquoise, we'll, we'll pull that one out. Um, if you've got a piece of turquoise and you want to use it, 
let's say you're using it on a grid. I mean, you can certainly set it down with intention. Like you're going to form just like, let's say three points for a triangle and you're going to put a crystal in each one of those. And you can set it down and just say, okay, I'm just setting it down and it's going to be this. But a more powerful way to work with the stone is to breathe on it. So take your crystal, breathe on it, and then say, spirit of the turquoise crystal, please help me with whatever. And you do that with any stone you have. If you've got rose quartz, breathe on it and then ask the spirit of whatever the crystal is. This is why you want to do that. All crystals are ruled by an oversoul. And it, it's kind of like an intelligence that that is the essence of what that crystal is. And so when you do that, you're invoking its presence and you're, you're kind of, um, it's like it creates a spark inside the crystal. But that's how to get them to really, really, really work for you. And it's incredibly powerful. Anyway, so you knew that back then in this past life. So you're arranging the crystals and you're creating different outcomes. And what's interesting to me about that is that the crystals are telling you when things are out of balance too. So they were also talkers. They, they talked to you and you could hear their voices and you could hear everything that they were sharing and saying. You were also able with these crystals to download information um, from the stars. So you were getting um, continuous information from different areas in the universe, even different galaxies were coming through to all these crystals. So um, what I am guided to say with that is as you're moving forward in life, you can certainly achieve some really cool things in life. You can guide your own journey with how, with where you want to go. But the guides also want you to know that you have a lot of assistance around you. And don't forget to ask for that help because when you were in Atlantis, it feels like it's a very psychic community. Like there's hardly any talking because most people could just communicate directly because they were so in tune and they were so in alignment with each other. And so the alignment that's being brought to your attention is the alignment with your own life, that there's a way you could align with that more directly. Um, so if you have a crystal that's special to you, um, start working on a relationship with it and connecting with it and journeying with it and see what it has to say. And you can ask it to help you achieve things that you want. Amazing. I, I had it muted. It's a little bit loud in here. So and I was trying to find my arrow to get back down there. So that's just amazing. All these beautiful messages. So Tamara said, thank you so much. And Ruth Saltman said, thank you so much. And so I'm going to read to you. And so Terry Mamondo says, amazing. Thank you. And so I'm going to read to you what Anna said. Wow, Paige, that was amazing. Thank you. I had a great connection with Blue Jays in my previous place. The neighbor said I hugged them. It was amazing. I fed them and they did sing to me. Loved it. So oh, that's, that's amazing. Cool. Yes. So next up, we have Sarah and Grafia. Hi, Sarah. Okay, let's see what we have. Okay, so I'm seeing dancing around you. So there's a few lifetimes that are kind of showing up with this one. One is you as a Russian ballerina, actually. It doesn't feel like you lived a long time, which actually was kind of good. <laughs> because um, there was a nobleman who used to see you dance who really wanted you and you wouldn't have liked that life, even though he was loaded. 
I mean, if you were in the noble class or wealthy in Russia, not a good time to be a woman, honestly. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but the way they lived their lives, there was a big segregation, but the men were over here and the women were over there and it was so controlled. So, um, and there, I don't foresee a way where that could have worked out where you could have escaped that fate. So it feels like it was something in your lungs, like pneumonia maybe, or um, tuberculosis. It feels like you passed early, early in your 20s. But before that, you achieved your dream. You were this beautiful ballerina and you did all of these wonderful shows. It feels to me like it's um, late 1800s or so. It's, it's kind of getting up close to there with when things started to go weird with Russian history. So it's good that you checked out early. And I'm sure your high self knew that. They're like, yeah, you know, we're just going to go ahead and leave the park right now. We got the popcorn and we got the magic bucket and all that. We're just going to, you know, leave. <laughs> but you got, you got a lot of real joy. That was, it feels like it was a very, very happy life. And even as you were passing, you could see angels. You felt like you were in one of your own ballets, but you could see all of these angels coming for you. And there was all this light and all of this magic. And so I think that was an important lifetime for you because the whole point to that lifetime was that one scene where you're seeing all of the angels as you're passing because it was all about, there is so much more out there for you than you can imagine. And that was the message from that lifetime was for that. And so you could use that information today. I'm also seeing that there are angels around you right now um, it feels like you might have two that are from people that are crossed over that you would have been close to. Um, one of them feels like a relative and the other one feels like a friend or somebody that you would have been friendly towards or liked or in some way like that. Mediumship isn't like my thing, but I do pick up on some stuff with that. Um, and then the others are just regular angels. So I'm guided to share that one of the things you might want to explore is angel communication, because I think you would be really good at it. Um, and you could certainly work with the angels. A really good book I will recommend to you that's a really short, short read. And any of you could, could do it. It's a really great book for manifesting, too. It's called Hiring the Heavens. And um, gosh... I think the lady's name is Jean, and I can't, I mean, her last name's escaping me at this point. Um, but it's Hiring the Heavens. There's no other book with that title. And it's a little book, so it shouldn't be that much on Amazon or if you go find it somewhere. But that's a really good beginner for how to communicate with those things. And that's amazing. So Sarah, Super Space Cookie, has her show on Monday nights, Golden Sunshine Healing. And we've actually talked about this before, and I've told her she has angels around her. And she's like, yeah, I have all these angels. And so it's come up. So that's amazing that you picked up on all the angels around her. And that's a great idea. She would be really great at communicating with the angels. Mm -hmm. That is so Slatter, amazing. that's the name. Sorry, Jean Slatter, S-L-A-T-T-E-R. Bam, see, we start talking about angels, and it's like, oh, here it is. And then Anna, Anna put the name down, Gene Splatter, <laughs> Hiring the Heavens. Wow. So I'll have to check that book out. So The big critique I've heard when I recommended it to people is one of my clients came back and said, well, I just don't believe it could be that easy. And I'm like, it really is. It, it, it's really easy. I mean, how she breaks it down. She teaches you 
how to hire a whole team of angels. So you pick a goal in your life that you're wanting to achieve and then you just build your team of angels around that. But it's a great beginner for that. But I love that book. I still go back to it. Wow, that's amazing. Now I want to check out that book because I communicate with the angels too. And I also speak, I call it tongue, light language or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm communicating Mm -hmm. with my team. When I'm all alone having a session, it'll just start coming out. And especially when my mother was transitioning, Mm -hmm. it was coming out a lot. And um, so it's just so amazing. So I'm going to read some of these comments here. Jessica says, thank you. Melissa Parch is watching on Rumble, and she would like a message. So I put her name down on the list. We have two more ahead. So if if there's anyone else that would like a list, you can Venmo page directly, and we'll get you on there. Um, Let me see. Super Space Cookie Sarah says, wow, that's beautiful, Paige. Thank you so very much. You're truly amazing. Happy tears. A very close close friend just passed on a few days ago, so uh, moved. So I'm grateful to hear he's with me. Many blessings, she said. No, and so yeah. Goldilocks Productions put, Gene Slatter was on one of our shows years ago, radio oh, wow. only then. Wow, that's amazing. So, wow. so Tiffany says that is a good, really good book. And then Angie says, I would love a reading. And Angie, I have you on there. She made a, a donation to um, YouTube or whatever, a little small one. So we're getting all, to all the Venmo ones that we had. We did that. So next up on the list is Linnell. Okay. Hi, Linnell. Okay. Wow. All right. So the, this is fun. Okay. So this is a past life you had. Um. And it may not sound super spectacular, but I'm really digging the energy I'm getting off of it. So you were a man and you rode with the cowboys like you had a cowboy lifetime and you had a bowler hat on and you really enjoyed life. You enjoyed it. Whenever you guys would pull into town somewhere, you would hit up the saloons and all of the the ladies, you know, the I don't know what. They call them soil doves. I've never liked that word. But anyway, the ladies. Um, You were very, very popular with the ladies. And they loved you because you genuinely loved women. And you always were able to uplift them. And what I'm guided to say, and this is interesting. Your whole life, you were ridden by the planet Jupiter. I've only ever seen this one other time before. And it was actually somebody I met physically in this lifetime. So let me tell you what it's like to be ridden by something. Um, Like in Christianity, they'll talk about being ridden by the Holy Spirit, for example. It's not a possession. It's just something is kind of riding on your aura. So your life will be influenced by whatever that is. And there was this guy once that came into a piece of the universe where I was working. And the minute he walked in the door, There were like five or six of us in there. We all had to cluster around him and we're orbiting him like moons. And he was so gracious and so generous. And you could feel this this just incredible, expansive energy coming off of him. And then when I was around him, I thought, oh, crap, we're in front of the planet Jupiter right now. Like the planet Jupiter is in the room. And that's what Jupiter does. And like in astrology, Jupiter's the planet of expansion and good luck. 
And so you were ridden by that planet your whole life. And Jupiter opened it up for you like you could have had anything you wanted. But you really wanted freedom. You didn't want to be tied to a job. You didn't want to have a family. You didn't want to do any of that. So you just traveled with the cowboys. And there was this one dude you were friends with um, who was this tall, skinny dude. And he just didn't get it about life a whole lot. And you're trying to teach him. It's almost like you're his Mr. Miyagi. You're trying to teach him about how to let go. So it's so interesting to me because you didn't have any connection with the Japanese culture, but you were totally Zen. Anyway, um, you're on one of your missions with the cowboys and you guys get ambushed by Apaches and, and they pretty much killed you. But anyway, um, you're standing on top of your body and then the, the other dude dies and he's standing next to you and he's horrified by what's happening as you're both looking at how you're being killed. And you look at the guy and you go, oh my God, wasn't that great? And the blonde dude is like, what are you talking about? Are you looking at this? Yeah, we're not in there. But that was great, wasn't it? We rode and drove these cattle across, you know, the West. And we saw all of these things most people have never seen before. And, and so you just had this really evolved, expansive energy. And that's really cool. So what I'm guided to share with you is you still have that connection with the planet with Jupiter. So invite that planet in to expand things that you want expanded. So what do you want to see go big? And this is how you're going to work with that energy. So when you get into a meditative space, just imagine that you're sitting inside of Jupiter, you're sitting inside of the planet and just sit there, just become aware of what you're looking at or what are you feeling? Don't go probing, just sit and allow yourself to receive. And what you're going to feel, and it may happen right away, it may happen later, you're going to feel all this love coming in. And Jupiter is going to invite you to expand what you want to see expand in your life. So be careful with what you want to expand. <laughs> um, but if it's anything like your prosperity, your abundance, and I'm saying that because a lot of times when Jupiter is really powerful, astrologically, people will also expand in other areas like they'll consume. They're going to eat like they can't quit eating. That's why I share that. <laughs> unless you want your appetite to um, increase. But that whole lifetime was about freedom and about calling your own shots and discovery. I mean, all the discovery that you made, it was, it feels really great to me. It's a really cool this, life. This is amazing. So Linnell said stagecoach driver came up on there. She's said a few things. Let me go back down. So here with you. So she just, she, she said, another lifeline. So excited to meditation session this evening. So I guess she's going to do a meditation. Meditation. Ah. Well, anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe you guys will understand my tongue-tiedness. But so we're going to move on. Melissa Parks. And then we have Angie. Okay. And um, if time's, time allows for the anybody else, we'll get to them. So okay. Melissa Parks. Okay. So Melissa, I see you living a lifetime in France and it feels like you're living in the time where they started to build the Eiffel Tower and it feels like you were a little girl. Um, I don't feel that you had a super long lifetime, but it was all about the excitement of the city at that point and seeing this incredible structure being built. You saw all of these art museums. You're with all of this culture. And it feels to me like you were Jewish and your father was a chocolatier. So the cool thing about that is that when cacao was discovered in the new world and brought over via the explorers, 
people were like, oh, I don't know. What's the big deal about this drink? You know, because that's how they, they had it was as a drink. And the Jews were the one that figured out, you know, I wonder what would happen if we add milk and sugar to cacao. And the rest is history. We have chocolate because of that. So the first chocolatiers were actually um, Jewish people. And they kind of kept their the secrets around their recipes because that helped them with their survival because people had to have it. They had, they had to have chocolate. They just had to have it. And um, the story about chocolate actually is that it was brought to us by the Aztec serpent god Coatzacoatl. I think I'm pronouncing that reasonably correctly. Anyway, he brought it to earth because he thought humans should experience what it was like to, to be in paradise. So that's why we have cacao. And then he's kind of one of the, the reasons why we have civilization. And, you know, of course, how that works out. The other gods get pissed and they kick him out. And um, around 2012, everyone's like, oh, that's when he's going to return. And I'm like, great, because the first time he brought chocolate, I wonder what he's bringing as a chaser. So your dad was a master chocolatier. And so you're around all of this chocolate. And he, he was a hard worker, but he had this really great imagination. So it's almost like you had this kind of mini Willy Wonka lifetime going on that was really super cool. And you got to be around, um, you got to see how somebody could create magic in a small corner of the world and, and what was special and what was unique and what was sweet. And it feels very magical to me. And it feels like um, I'm feeling a childlike sense of wonder with this lifetime. Um, and there's always this kind of presence of the Kabbalah or like um, mysticism in the background, but it feels like a very, very magical lifetime, like something like I think somebody should write a book about it or do a movie about it because it's just fascinating to me to look at that. But it's that whole idea of discovery. It's that whole idea of what is special in life, in art, in beauty and all of that. Those are the qualities that are coming into this lifetime that you can embrace and work more with. That's amazing. So I feel like the stuff that you're talking about, people are experiencing in this lifetime, which mm -hmm. is, I'm, I'm picking up on that. Um, and from the viewers that have been popping on the shows, so that is just totally amazing with Melissa Parks. Um, and she does, she does, she does like spirit art and like, colorful stuff and gets all this energy. So mm -hmm. she actually is an artist. So she, she's really amazing. Mm -hmm. So, wow. And so next up we have Angie. Okay. All right. So Angie, what I'm seeing for you is a past life in Egypt. So I'm seeing that you were, this is really interesting. You were a girl a young girl, you came from a poor family and you were part of the staff that helped out with the magical temples. And because of your class, because what most people don't realize is Egypt kind of had a class structure like um, India did. And it seems like you were helping out this one magician. And the way the Egyptians practiced magic, it was to make things happen. It was basically manifestation. You know, it's how it to manage. So it's not like pulling a rabbit out of, hat, of the hat, nothing like that. Um, it was more about making actual real magic. And this dude, he wasn't like super high up, but he was important. 
And you were one of the people you'd come bring him flowers and mostly it was delivery. And then you did some small things around his house and you could tell that you had talent, that you had the gift for magic. And he knew there was no way in hell he was ever going to get you in the temple because of your status. So he started teaching you on the side and you were able to become a very powerful magician in your own right. And you were very quiet about it. Like you didn't tell other people you could do it, but you just had a way about you. And here's the cool thing, because you couldn't like the way magic was performed in the past, you had to actually make your own tools. It was very labor intensive, but because you, you couldn't stand over a forge making something, um, you had to do it in your head. So you built a temple inside of your mind. You built a palace or a temple. And then you would go into that temple and it was designed exactly how the magician's temple is supposed to be designed, which your your the guy that you worked for showed you. He brought you into the room. You couldn't step into the room because they would have known you'd been there because it was supposed to be secret. You were at the threshold and you could look in. And he told you to look into the room and memorize everything you saw. And you didn't have a whole lot of time to look at everything maybe five minutes at top, but you remembered what you saw and you reconstructed the inside of that temple in your mind. And when you would meditate, you would go into that temple and that's where you would make your magic happen. So what I'm guided to share with you is that one of the things you might wanna do is create what's called an astral temple. So when you go into meditation, build a space that you're gonna go into that's part of your imagination. What do you want it to look like? How do you want it to be furnished? Is there music? Do you smell incense? It could be whatever you want it to look like. And, and it's okay if you want to change it over time. Like if you keep using the same astral temple over and over again, but you're feeling a change, then explore that. Create a different astral temple to work in. But what's going to happen is when you go into meditation and then you walk into that temple, it's going to it's going to put you in that space. You're going to immediately go into that space. You know, if you practice it enough, it's immediately going to be there. And within that temple, set your intentions and make your magic happen. So for example, witches will cast circles, not so much because, um, I mean, part of it's for protection, but really it's to contain the energy because they're going to be casting magic and they don't want the magic going off everywhere in the environment. They don't want it going down the road or to the bar down the street. They want it to be contained. And so that's why the circle is there, because with everything they bring up, it's going to stay in the circle. And from that place, it's going to go where they want it to go. So if you build an astral temple you can go into that place and you can meditate, you can make magic, you can set intentions. You could have a part of it where um, maybe there's a place where angels can come in and you can talk to angels. And so then other beings, other spirit guides you have will recognize this is a place to come visit you and you'll have your own, your own sacred space inside of you. And nobody can ever do anything. Nobody can damage that. It's absolutely a perfect space for you. Wow, that's so amazing. So amazing you're coming up with all this stuff. So let me scroll back up here. So Angie said, hi, guys. So she's letting us know that she's, this is all amazing, she's saying. So amazing show. And then let me see who else stopped in. Um, Elizabeth Urschel said, hello, all. Just got home, tuning in. 
And then Anna D said, wow, this has been an amazing show, Robin. And thank you so much, Paige, for the wonderful messages you have shared with all of us here this evening. And so grateful for you sharing and embracing the magic. Angie says, wow, thank you so much. So next on the list, I have Laura Romero. And then we have Richard Riddle. Okay. So we'll do Laura and then we'll see what time allows because I think somebody else made a, a little donation. But. Okay. Well, let's get in touch with Laura then. Okay. So Laura, this is what I'm seeing with you is um, you were a traveler from space. You actually had a past life on another planet and you made a stop actually on the North Pole on the planet Earth. And, and humans at that time were really kind of early on. Like they're kind of starting to live in villages at that point. But you're looking up into the sky and you can see the, um, the, the northern lights. You can see the aurora borealis. And you were fascinated by that because it felt very magical to you, if I could use that word for you as a star being, because from where you were from, that's part of what you traveled to other planets for was to study these phenomena. So the Aurora Borealis or the Northern Lights, that's created when there are solar flares and they interact with the magnetic belt of the Earth and that's what creates them. And if you look at planets, like if you look at the planet Earth from space, the Aurora Borealis almost looks like a crown. It's really amazing. But your people had a way of using those to manifest. So it, almost like a being, and it feels kind of like dragon serpent energy. And so how that kind of translated later is then later you were a druid and you had a staff and you could summon dragon magic. And that's what the ley lines are, actually. So they, we believe that, you know, dragons actually did live on the earth and then they went into the earth energetically and the trails they left behind were the ley lines. Um, and so they're lines of power where like if you go and like, I think there's different machines that measure it, but there's actually a difference in the energy that's there as opposed to someplace that isn't a ley line. Um, but then you went on and you became a druid because you wanted to be able to guide that energy. So there's something about working with the northern lights with you, like get pictures of it or just like um, what I suggested earlier with sitting inside of Jupiter, sit inside the Aurora Borealis. What does it want to show you? And so I'm getting some manifesting magic with that. I'm getting dragon magic with that. Um, I'm getting like almost an intelligence. Like I think it could be a guide for you. So that's really kind of cool that you would have that as a guide. But yeah, get in touch with that, with that kind of energy. Amazing. Huh. That's giving me the chills. So everybody is so thankful. So I read up, I went up and look read a message from the producer and she said Jean Slatter was one of, okay she said that was one of our shows oh but cool. she said something else I missed okay it's easy so when you were talking about getting in touch with your angelic team she says it's easy Jean told me to have committee meetings with my angelic team and mm -hmm. I do so you can have a committee meeting yeah so you that's can. amazing mm -hmm. so next up we have Richard Riddle okay all right. So, Richard, I see you in a castle in England. And this is interesting. So you're a guard. You're a guard in the castle. The lord of the castle has a son who's a knight, and he's going to go off to the Holy Wars. And he's, like, totally wrapped up in this, in this, 
in this mission, like completely wrapped up in, in it. He goes and he actually dies there. And whoever is living in the castle, he's really upset about it. So um, he gets really close to you and he almost sees you as a second son. So you actually start training as a knight yourself. But you don't leave to go to the Holy Wars. You actually stay. You stay in England to help take care of everything. And it's it's almost like you assume the role of the son because this person didn't have any other children, just the one kid who, who died. So he, what he did was he pretended to everybody that you were actually his son. So you actually inherited the castle and, and then all the stuff that was in it. And that lifetime was just about being true and integrous and yet a lot of integrity. And it was your your strong scruples and your inner sense of honor and your devotion that really impressed everybody around you. So it's almost like you were being rewarded um, in a way to kind of attain the title, which you always questioned about it. You know, when you tried to talk the guy out of it, you know, you said you were okay with a small parcel, but no, he gave you the whole enchilada. And you just made sure you were an example to your people. I mean, you were really kind and you were very generous. And so what that lifetime was all about is that, and this is the message I'm guided to share with you on that, is a miracle could happen at any time in your life. That's the message. Wow, that's so amazing. This was such a great show, beautiful messages. Um, I don't know how much time we have. Two we minutes. Have two minutes? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I just want to say you're just totally amazing. Oh, thank you. Yes, everybody got such great messages, and um, it was just wonderful. We did have somebody step in late, and Linnell donated a couple of dollars for her. Her name is Kim Smith. If you can give her a few, just a few things before we leave. Okay. All righty. So let's see. Okay. So what I'm seeing about you is a special relationship with Wales, actually. It feels like you were from New Zealand in a past life. It feels like you were a man, so you would have all those tattoos. But you had a unique relationship with cetaceans. So it was whales, it was porpoises. Um, and it feels like it was a lifetime when the colonizers started coming. And so you really had to rely on what the cetaceans were telling you to kind of keep your personal tribe safe. So it was that lifetime was all about deep listening and it's okay for you to listen deeply because they're sharing that you might want to kind of like, you might want to catch yourself if things start going deep. And part of that is going to be from that lifetime, remembering what happened when the colonizers took full hold, but um, it's okay for you to do that, that that deep listening actually helped you to save your people actually. So go into that space because um, they're really showing your intuition of like, um, you doing readings, you doing, you know, you've got gifts and the guides want you to use them. That's so amazing. So everybody is just, so Anna D says, wow, Richard, I got the chills with that one. Your, your miracle is here. Call it in. She says, wow. And so Anna says, sweet dreams, everyone. Have a great rest of your week. And thank you again for a great show, love and hugs. And so, wow, Richard says, wow. Had been castle and forest bonfire in a meditation. So I guess he did a meditation and that's where he went. 
And then Angie says, Robin, thank you so much for you and your show. Love you so much. Paige, thank you so much for tonight. Oh, you're welcome. So, thank you, everybody, for your questions. I appreciate it. Yes, this was so amazing. And so Paige has, if you'd like to um, set up a reading with her, she's pretty reasonable. She'll let you know when you message her. Her email address, um, the producer just put the email address up if you'd like to get a reading. And along with that reading, she'll do a beautiful piece of art for you, full of energy. So she did an amazing job on me and my friend Tamara. So it's worth every penny that you spend. She is so amazing. So thank you so much for being here. And I want to thank all the guides for coming in, stepping in and just helping you see all this beautiful stuff for all the viewers. It's just mm -hmm. amazing. And so I love thank it. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. This was fun. And Ruth Saltman says, great show. So and um, Tiffany, the producer, says, what an amazing show. Wow, incredible. Out breath just now. Wonderful show. So everybody says this was magic. So maybe you might want to think about doing your own show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. But I love you, and thank you so much for being oh, you're here. Welcome. Thank Bye. you, everyone. Thank you. You're welcome. Share your appreciation to our show hosts by submitting a testimonial for your favorite Goldilocks Productions show.